Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Hello and welcome into the Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. My name is Melissa Hyak and joining me on the line today is Ms. Judah Kanaprag, co founder and managing director at Milieu Insight. Hello, Judah. Hello, Melissa. Hello, everyone at home. <laughs> all on the, the roads, all in the office, you know. Yeah. Okay, first of all, uh, Judah, uh, tell us what kind of tech falls under femtech. Are they just apps? Uh, it could be so many things. It ranges from the software, tech-enabled products, or it could be service as well. Mm-hmm. So it could uh, it cover anything that related to um, women's medicals and health needs. Okay. Are there some examples that are maybe quite popular right now that um, you know people in Singapore might might hear about, might have already heard about? There could be the the one that actually the app that you know like called uh, um, Flow that is an app that tracking for the period health. Ah. People, yeah, that one. Uh, that one people will use to you know kind of keeping uh, track and monitor their how the period is going, and they give you recommendation to prepare or cope with the situation that okay. you have during the period that you have the uh, uh, that time. Okay. 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 Um, I understand that Emilio Inside, the company you're with, right, did a study recently on femtech, right, and it found that something like more than four out of uh, five, you know, Southeast Asian women um, have difficulty getting information and, and proper resources uh, to do with female health and, and wellness. Uh, what else did you find, uh, you know, in in the study? Yeah. Well, actually, the, the, to be honest, when we look at the study in our Emilio uh, result of 3,000 samples across Southeast Asia. Mm. 42% of Southeast Asia women feel that the resource that they are looking for, they don't know where, they don't know how. Mm. And and if you're thinking about yourself or, you know, maybe uh, some close friend, whenever you don't know anything, the mm. first channel you normally go, Google, you search the information. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's the first channel that even uh, Singaporean or other Southeast Asia country women are going for. Is the first channel they're going to. And then another 40%, when they mm. feel like it's difficult because like, they feel unsure about the credibility of the resource they found. Mm. You can get a lot, a lot of the information from the internet when you search on the Google, right? Mm-hmm. There's tons. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But which, yeah, which one are you going to click on? Mm. How would you know that one is actually credible enough? Can I trust? Is that information is actually can apply to my situation that happened right. to me now? Right. So those kind of thing is a key concern of the women yes. now today. And then another key reason that a lot of our South uh, Southeast Asian women also feel that sometimes when they feel like uh, something happened to them, mm. they are not sure whether they take, should co- take concern on it. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. This part is really important, you know, because to me, when things are going on uh, in our body, mm. sometimes we let go. Mm, you know, we mm. say, oh, maybe next month it's all going normal. Mm, no, mm. we don't care about it. Yeah. But sometimes it's actually become serious without knowing it, though. Right. right. One of my cousins that I, um, uh, my, one of my cousins, they used to have a period twice a month mm. for many months in the year. Mm. And then um, in doing, I think I remember that it was uh, during her, in her mid 20s. Mm. And then she thought it was like normal, nothing happened because it's come and go. Right. She maybe have a stomach pain sometimes, badly. Mm. But eight years later, she found a big on her womb, mm. eight centimeters. 
She mm-hmm. has a big operation on it. Mm-hmm. So because she let go, and this kind of thing, that's why I say it's really important that women should take aware of what happened mm-hmm. to their body. Mm-hmm. And and um, I know we've been talking about um, you know the things to do with uh, m- menstruation, right? So far, right. Uh, but in your study, you also uh, ask uh, questions about you know the kind of issues, right, that women uh, find you know that they have to grapple with uh, in terms of information and resources uh, in Southeast Asia. Um, which are the top ones which are the top issues that um you've that women are, are struggling with in southeast asia uh that you found out in your study the currently like the majority of the southeast asia mm. people and women now they feel like menopause is actually the top concern that they have mm. singapore is really strong when we see like half of the southeast asia women say the menopause is the top concern and second the concern it will be those fertility and infertility issue mm. see um, talking about the latter one first, the like infertility, infertility. You see, like in Singapore, we have to admit that, or I mean, or even in Southeast Asia, the role of women nowadays is actually changing and evolved quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Many women have shifted their focus to ensure their economic stability before looking at their marriage or having a child. Mm-hmm. So this one become they know, they lost the focus already. So when it's time that they want to have one, now they don't know where the information actually get to. Right, right. Now, another one is the top concern, which is actually menopause that I mentioned earlier. Mm. Half of the Southeast Asia women also have this concern, not just Singapore alone, right? Mm-hmm. But for Singapore, it's not only half. 71% of Singaporean women who have the same concern on this issue. Well, this one can be explained based on the fact that the country is growing toward the aging society. Right, right, right. You now, which means a big, yeah, which means the big group of the female, you know, in the, in very soon, mm. they're going to experiencing the menopause. Mm, mm. And based on the, um, Frost and Sullivan, by 2025, mm. one million women globally will be experiencing menopause. Mm. Since Singapore and Thailand are the two um, top of the rapid growth of the aging country in Southeast Asia. Right, right. That is no surprising when, you know, yeah. when the results come out, as in 71% is concerning because I'm reaching that age. Oh, <laughs> what, I'm, what, I'm, what should I be looking okay. about? What should I? What should I looking for? Yeah, yeah but it's very good that you me? have first-hand knowledge of it, right? I, I know we've been talking a lot about um, you know fertility and infertility issues, uh, you know, for for uh, femtech potential. But I think even if we were to take a step back and look at general health conditions, right, like osteoporosis, uh, bone health, right, uh, heart mm. health, right, um, mm. you know, it affects women differently from the way it affects men. Right, so that's why also femtech can can come in to help, um, you know, uh, how to say clarify some of these concerns, not just fertility and infertility issues. Yes, I agree. I agree. But happened that based on our study, the top mm. two concerns become on mm. the menopause and fertility. Mm-hmm. Those are also in the concern yes. of the Singaporean yeah. and other Southeast Asia yeah. women as well. Actually, when yeah. it comes to to menopause, you know, or or I think men need to know more about it too, because totally you know, agree. yeah, because they're, they're mothers or their wives or girlfriends <laughs> or. You know, maybe even their children, because, you know, aging society, right, could be going through it. And there are certain symptoms that uh, some hormonal changes that affect not just the health, uh, affects their mental well-being, uh, you know, and, and their psychological balance, isn't it? Right, right. That's yeah. really true. Even like when I look at uh, every time when my mom is actually having this um, mood swing. I can tell right away there is something wrong with her because mm-hmm. she think you know when she was like getting the men- first menopause, mm-hmm. um, my dad would get frustrated all the time. Mm-hmm. So I really mm-hmm. can tell there's a change in you know a hormone and the life state that 
reaching to that level. Mm-hmm. And and I think for business people out there, this is uh, a, a fairly I well, can't be niche because you know half of the world is is female, right? And in Singapore, I right. think uh, just under half, yeah, are female. Now, the, this market size, according to McKinsey, right, uh, it estimates femtech globally uh, currently to be valued at around between five hundred million US dollars and a billion US dollars, and they're talking about the possibility in the future of double-digit revenue growth. And Singapore, um, happy to to say, uh, you know, has actually gotten a bit of a foot in. Uh, We are a business hub for femtech, hosting 24 femtech startups here, uh, more than half of the share in the ASEAN region. Uh, as of uh, Q1 of, I think, last year, is it, in your study you found? Um, right, right. Yeah. So, so the survey found that only, though, uh, one in four Singapore women are using a femtech product or service. And I belong to, you know, uh, the rest of the 77%, right? <laughs> from, right? From a Southeast Asia perspective, it's four in 10. So why do you think that is so? Well, the actual, um, it's actually all the all the topics about women's health. Actually, in the in the past, it become the myth and a lot of misunderstanding. And sometimes it's an issue of the culture. Mm. The topic has not been openly talked. It's not openly um, like and the culture sometimes is conservative also. So we have built up the mindset not to be so open when talking about women's health, which leads to less conversation or even reduce the possibility to try out the new product they see all away in the market. Mm, mm. And for those women who are actually using the Femtech in Singapore, most of them, they will use the 84% are using it because of the period health, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this user is actually the top purpose that being used in Southeast Asia female as well. Mm. So, since it is a common reason now for the user, the question is why this is not the reason for other women beyond the conservative reason to use femtech also. And actually even beyond the issue of, uh, you know, uh, menstruation, right? Because when you talk about right. just that, you're saying that at the other end of the spectrum, uh, we have more and more women who are very right. concerned mm-hmm. or large proportion of women who are very concerned about menopause. You know, what right. is available in femtech to help uh, women get a better hold of this uh, life See, stage? Because some could say like, oh, I don't need them because I can do it myself. You know, um, you can check and then you can go see doctor and anything. Right? When the doctors uh, just tell me I do health check every, every year or every six months. But however, to me, I really feel that some women might not yet realise the full potential benefit of the product. Yes, I'm trying to ask about what other kinds of help, what other kinds of apps or tech uh, products are are out there uh, under this femtech umbrella that can help people beyond, you know, uh, the example that's just been given. So maybe you can think about the uh, product that actually on the uh, uh, tube, the cup, the period cup. Right. That actually can help. So that one is uh, people will be feel more you know comfortable by using the product. So it solved the problem. Even uh, when even for the app that actually uh, they can put the ring on the you know on the womb that actually can track their when they have the squid in the stomach. So it reduces that stress as well. There are some um, there are many like majority are the app I have to say, as in to help uh, you know even for the sexual wellness. That they could they would have like the song different type of the song that can feel mm-hmm. the, that make the woman feel relieved about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it's not just tracking, you know, that monthly uh, issue. Um, the apps will also provide information and point you in the direction of where you can get more uh, reliable 
uh, you know, uh, resource, uh, input, I suppose, on, on the issues they're facing. So for women who want to reach out, what is the first thing they can do or where should they go? Well, um, now, I believe that there is a women's helpline called AWARE in Singapore. It's Women's Care Center. Actually, I think it's an open Monday to Friday from 10 to 6 p.m., which the number, if I'm not wrong, was like, uh, it's really easy to remember. It's one 800 777 and 5555. Okay. This one could be the good um, um, helpline that uh, for women can contact right away and reach out if they have a mm-hmm, problem mm-hmm, and they want to go mm-hmm. to. And, and I, I believe that one of the reasons um, a lot of women can feel rather lost is that um, oftentimes when it comes to female health issues, a lot of us feel very embarrassed to talk about it. Right. Um, so how do you think we can encourage more open conversation about women's health, aside from you, you know, coming uh, yeah. on air with us and, and telling us more about this? I think it will have, this will have to start from the close one. We need to encourage at least sharing personal experience between family and peers. And whenever we talked about it, we should speak like objectively and clearly and not supporting anyone who makes a joke on it. Mm, mm, so I think this yes. is really important. And then um, see, not only just doing that now, so when it we're not only doing just a close one, right? So mm. we should this is what I will I would prefer to encourage uh, yeah. as you mentioned earlier, yes, to have yes, men yes. to be educated <laughs> on women's health. Yes, yes. Yes, and I, I think I think women definitely should play a part too in that. I mean a lot of us shy away talking about these things with men because, you know, again, you know, they're too embarrassed. They kind of talk to fellow women about it, but even worse so with men. But so I think it's time to be really adult about these things. And you know, right, if you need right. to tell your guys, you know, look I'm I'm sorry, you know, I'm having my period today. I don't want to go swimming. I don't want to go, you know, wherever. Uh, just kind of be upfront about it and, and not try and skirt around the issue. And, you know, then men are tough. They can handle information, you know. I Maybe really, their faces will turn blue for a while first. But, you know, they can handle all this, like, you know, information about women and, and et cetera. Right? <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was an incident that happened in my, uh, back into my yes. office in Thailand. They were right. talking, the time was really three female and two male, right? Mm. And the girl would start talking about, like, their situation, you know, about this period and stuff, right? And then mm. the, the guy, there was this guy, two guys still there, and they were just not talking anything. So suddenly I asked them, hey, you feel shy, you feel anything about it? Um, um, he said a bit, uh, but it's really good to know so I can mm. actually apply the solution to my girlfriend. Oh, ah, like, wow, okay. that is actually like, good. Yes, yes. You know? yes so, well, yeah, th- yeah, thank you so much for that, that encouraging anecdote and, and for helping to raise awareness uh, on, you know, female health issues and health uh, well-being and importantly, female self-care. Judah Kanabrag, co-founder and managing director at Milieu Insight. Thank you so much. And thank here's you wishing so you a fantastic weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm Melissa here for the Workday Afternoon. You are with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tian's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu, and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.